Welcome everybody to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about the six signs that you are not ready to have kids. So I'm thrilled to tell you about today's show. It's going to be exciting. So um, have you ever been in a situation where you have mentioned parenting to your family and friends? Usually this will make most people tell you how nothing will prepare you for having kids. And you'd like to say you can train for it, like training for a marathon, but can you really? That's what we're going to find out today. If you have a if you have a comment or a question or a story on this topic, we would love to hear from you. You can call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. All right. So, before we hop into today's topic, I just wanted to let you know that um, I am a life coach, and I'm offering a special this month. You can uh, get a complimentary 15-minute session with me, and that session can include tackling issues like conflict resolution, trouble with women or relationship issues, business goals, and maybe we can get rid of those lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Most of my sessions can get handled, uh, most of my customers can get their issues handled in four sessions or less. Do yourself a favor, give me a call, make this happen. Uh, you can also send me an email, info at themensadvocate.com, info at themensadvocate.com, or go to my website under coaching, and you can uh, sign up, and it's pretty easy. It'll it'll give you the instructions on how to do that. All right, so let's turn our focus on to today's topic. We're going to be talking about signs that you are just not ready to have kids. Now, you know, you've heard this statement regurgitated over and over again, and the person says to you, you're never really ready to have kids, and to some extent, it's true, having a child is such a life-exploding event that there really is no way to adequately brace for it. But don't kid, some men are a lot better prepared for parenthood than others. Are you thinking about starting a family? Here are the signs that just kind of will let you know that, hey, maybe it's just not your time just yet. Okay, I would say uh, this this one, this next one is probably the most important one of all. Your relationship with your wife or girlfriend isn't rock, rock solid. So as wonderful as kids are, they tend to shatter fragile relationships, not mend them. I know decades ago, women used to think that, you know, if they were in a rocky relationship, oh, well, the best way to bring the guy in is to have a kid. <laughs> but that only like puts a magnifying glass on everything. And it really absolutely doesn't work. I would say, you know, why leave the pregnancy to chance? Those of you who are just going in Without using protection, it's really not a smart thing because, you know, within a year's time, especially if the woman is under 30 years old, within a year's time, statistically, she's going to get pregnant. So if you are not wanting to have kids or intending to have kids, it's up to you. You're the one that should be using a condom. I would not trust one thing that she says with regard to what she what she tells you about birth control. A lot of women say I'm using this method or that method. And, you know, unless, you know, you're there to watch her take that, that pill every morning at, you know, 7.30 a.m. And by the way, she has to take it at the same time every day and she has to not skip. You know, she can't take it at 7.30 on her usual time clock and, and maybe the next day miss it and oops, you forgot and you took it at 12 p.m., it doesn't work that way. Uh, the pill works best when it's taken on a regular basis. Um, with regard to some of the other forms of uh, pregnancy uh, pr prevention, you know, unless you are there in the doctor's office with her, 
to see that she got an IUD or see that she got um, some sort of semi-permanent, um, you know, type of birth control or unless she releases permission for her doctor to talk to you, which usually most women don't, won't do. And, of course, the doctor won't give you um, access to what this information is because that's privileged information won't give you the answer to whether she had that patch or when that last shot was that that last three months or what have you. So it's a lot of risk. And I would say the best way to prevent all of this risk is you just have to wear a condom every single time until such time that you're ready to get pregnant. Okay, so back on to this heading one study from San Diego State University found that relationship satisfaction, on average, plunges by roughly 50% among new parents compared to couples without kids. Now, why would that be, you say? Well, let's look at weeks, months, or even a year of poor sleep, loss of free time, and a thousand new kid-related chores to divvy up can destabilize even the strongest of unions. So think of your relationship as though it were a building. It needs to be earthquake-proof because having a kid is much like having a 9.0 on the Richter scale when uh, <laughs> when evaluating the size and the devastation of a of a possible earthquake so there's just so many factors so many unknowns and if you're not good if the two of you are not good at communication to begin with this is not the person you should be having um, a kid with this is not the time you should be having a kid you have got to strengthen your relationship as best as possible and if it's just not going to get any stronger than it is now if that communication isn't going to get any stronger than it is now don't have a kid with her that's <laughs> i mean it's not you know brain surgery here it's pretty obvious don't you think what's what's another way that uh, a telltale sign that leads you to believe that, that you're not ready to have kids well how about if other people's kids don't interest you. So we're going to talk about that when we get back from the break. You can call in on this topic. We're talking about six signs that you're not ready to have kids. So call in. That number is 951-922-3532. Again, the number is 951-922-3532. We'll catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Well, 
Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are talking today about the six sign about six signs that you're not ready to have kids. All right. <laughs> does this apply to you? Yes, I'm sure it does. You know, a lot of you are having kids and not really uh, doing too much planning uh, to go along with it. All right, you can call us on this topic, 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. So do you have a comment or question about having kids? Have you thought about having kids? Have you not thought at all about having kids and you had one anyway? Well, if this is you, you better listen to this show. All right. So another topic that comes up is other people's kids don't interest you. Now, I don't know if this one is completely, um, you know, if you can measure whether or not you're ready to have kids on this one. But, you know, as worse comes to worse would have it, their crying or questioning or general, general rambunctiousness really annoys you. Does this Is this what happens to you when... Um, you have kids that are around you, maybe you assume you'll feel differently if the child is yours. Of course you will feel differently because how you would raise your child is not necessarily the way that this screaming kid at the movie theater is handling themselves, right? So it is true up to a point, but you you have to think about the last time you bought a car and you probably found yourself paying more attention to the new vehicle models and car ads, right? You know, after you bought a car, all of a sudden you see the same vehicle driving around with the same color and the same model number and what have you. It's just you, you have a heightened sense of awareness with regard to what that uh, make and model is. So with regard to kids, does that happen? I don't think it happens to the same degree as a car. Um, Maybe something in your life happens to where uh, there is a curiosity that is present um, and that sparks your interest, meaning that your sister just recently had a kid. So maybe because of something like that, maybe because of that event, it's making you think about, hey, what would it be like if I had a kid? All right, that I can see the correlation. So if you are not keen to observe and interact with your friends' kids, that might be a sign, strong sign even, that you're not, not interested in having any of your own. Well, I would say that this is probably true if you're friends sort of have a similar parenting style as to the one that you would have. Um, If you're on completely opposite pages with regard to that, it might not be that strong of a correlation. All right. How about this one? And this one is a very important one. You don't have the cash to afford a family. Yep. That's that's a that's a big one and it's a big one only because most of the time you know it's going to be you who uh has to foot the bill you know sometimes she's on on a medical leave and she's got to be bedridden for the last uh, couple of months of the pregnancy So guess what? You have to be in a position where you have the cash to afford a family. So these are some very big numbers. You have to deal with things like diapers and strollers and car seats, toys, doctor visits, clothes, formula, child care. Having children is an extremely expensive venture. It doesn't mean you have to be rich to have kids, but it may mean quitting your gym membership cooking all your meals at home, or, God forbid, you might even have to trade in your BMW for a beater. So are you cool with making all those adjustments to have a kid? Um, Another way that you can do this is maybe to save up for a kid. I know (laughs) everyone wants to perish that thought, but maybe you have to set aside $500 um, for the kid 
you know, to have a kid, maybe you have to do that for like three years running. So you'll have enough money um, to kind of soften the blow if some unexpected emergency arises. With the kid, you'll be able to pay for it and not stress out. So what do those numbers look like? Well, the average cost of providing for a child is roughly 1000 to $1,200 per month. Now, that's a lot. I mean, let's say the number is 1000 I mean, you would have to be earning, um, you know, quite a bit more. You'd have to be earning like 2500 in order, you know, depending on your tax bracket and everything. But you'd have to be er- earning like anywhere from like 1800 to $2,500 more per month to absorb that additional $1,000. It's a lot. <laughs> Okay, so, um, you know, this is from a report from the U.S. Center of Nutrition Policy and Promotion, and that cost only goes up as your child grows older. So be sure you can afford that on your current income. All right, what's another factor, key factor to look at? How about your friends don't have kids? Well, while there isn't a ton of research into that that area of social support for new fathers, it would only make sense that men who have friends or close family members with kids better adjust to fatherhood than those who have mostly single or childless uh, friends. So why is that? Well, having to deal with parent parenthood when all your pals are living the carefree childhood life can be isolating and lonely. And unlike moms, fathers tend to have a lot less access to support groups. So parenting is a huge challenge, even under the best of circumstances, and parents who are isolated really have a hard time of it. So this one is very true. Uh, If you have friends who have kids and you like those kids and you hang out with those kids in some fashion, I think that is a really good strong indicator that you know you have that support network that you know when you come across something to do with parenting and you just have no idea how to solve it you've never been in this situation before if you have friends or family that you can turn to to help you in those instances I think that means a lot I think that's a really good indicator and I think the opposite is true too if you have friends and family that don't have kids and you're not around that in any way, shape, or form, it's going to be pretty stressful to have a kid because <laughs> you are in no man's land. You are by yourself. All right. What about if you are not old enough? Well, we have said that many times on this show that the human brain doesn't isn't even finished being complete until age 25. So, you know, If you, um, that's why they draft you into the military at age 19 because they know that you're very pliable, you're very moldable, you're very impressionable, and that they can train you in the way that they want. Well, same thing with having a kid. Um, You know, if you don't have your full adult brain, your full adult cognizance, it definitely puts you behind the eight ball. So if you are younger than 23, when your first child is born, you're a, you're a lot more likely to experience depression as a result of a job or financial difficulties. So this indicates research from Uh, Ohio State University. It doesn't mean that you can't be ready for parenthood at, say, age 21 or 22, but be forewarned that the averages are against you. So people who put off parenthood until around age 30 enjoy significantly healthier psychological scores than younger first-time parents. So I totally agree with this uh, on many, many levels. Another one. Oh, I see that we have a caller on the line. I'm going, Joe, I'm going to be with you in just a couple minutes. Um, so just hang tight, please. All right. So next up is drinking with buddies. Every weekend is a, 
is a priority for you. So finding the time to meet up with friends is going to be very, very tough. So even if your partner is cool enough to give you time out with the, go- with the guys, you'll find alcohol loses its appeal when you have to get up throughout the night to take care of a crying newborn. So some infants take a year or sometimes even longer before they sleep soundly through the night. And if you're not ready to abandon at least 75% of your old social life, then you're probably not ready to have a child. So I know a lot of new parents, they act like nothing has changed in their life, but you know, time marches on and the, and the kid is just going to continue to cry um, until you meet its demands. It's, it's uh, unnerving and you have to get up when you don't want to get up and you're tired as all get out and you have an early morning meeting the next day, it doesn't matter what is happening because that child needs your attention and you have to make the best of it. So if you are not willing to loosen up on some of your former social life uh, you know, activities, then it's going to be an issue. I mean, a lot of those activities have to severely be curtailed or put on permanent hold for a while until such time that the kid is a little bit older, maybe at the 18-month mark or so. Um, You know, there are things that you can incorporate back into your routine, but certainly the first month or two, you know, everything is out of whack and time means nothing to you because... It's just, you know, you have a baby that has high demand needs every moment of the day, right? Because he or she can't take care of uh, themselves. So that's just kind of how it works. All right. If you have just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me. With me, your host, Linda Gross, we are talking about the signs that you are not ready to have kids. Is this you? Have you been down this trail? Are you about to be a parent? I would love to hear from you, 951-922-3532, and again, that number is 951-922-3532. We'll catch you right back after the break. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world, and you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head over to Henson Brewing Company, Burbank's premier craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. We're open now. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Untapped. Henson Brewing Company, Burbank, California. Come as you guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men.
Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we are talking about signs that you're not ready to have kids. Is this you? Call us on this topic, 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. We're joined right now with a caller and frequent guest on our show, uh, Joe. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Good. How are you, Linda? Awesome. Thank you. Joe Thanks. represents the Facebook page called the Men's Advocate uh, East. And no affiliation with my company, but he also um, coaches men on issues regarding children and custody and divorcing and all kinds of stuff like that. Joe, tell the tell the audience a little bit about what you do. Oh well, what I do is uh, usually people present a problem or issue um, within marriage or custody issues that they're having, and they haven't been, possibly been through a divorce process before, and they're not sure where to turn. They don't know what to go. They may not have even been in a courtroom before. And what I try to do is assist them to be as prepared as possible when they are going into one of those situations. Absolutely. And they can find you on the Facebook page. Um, That's the Men's Advocate East. And also, Joe, mention your website. I think you have a web address that they can find you. Yes, it's uh, mensadvocate.net. All right. There you go. All right. So Joe's calling in on today's topic. Do you have some comments on, you know, what would you tell yourself from low those many years ago, 20-some-odd years ago, would you do it again? Would you do things differently? Uh, how was having kids for you? Oh, goodness. <laughs> how many hours <laughs> do we have? It's a big topic, I know. It, <laughs> anyway, um, and I listened to you go through some of the points you were making before, and I, yeah. I, didn't, ca- I didn't catch all of them, but I think uh-huh. one of the main points for me is that somebody be in a compatible marriage or relationship with the person they're having a child with, if at all possible. Yeah, that was point number one. Yeah, you must have missed that at the top of the hour. I think that's probably the most important one. Um, If you have great communication skills with your partner, you're probably going to get through parenting as well as any other topic under the sun, whether it's illness or money issues or career issues or you know, what, what color should we paint the fence issues? I mean, if you have good communication skills, it translates. It just makes the the, uh, the the marriage or the union so much better. So if you don't have that, I know that women oftentimes think that, oh, well, you know, having this kid is just going to make our relationship better. But I think from a guy's point of view, and Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it just drives a further wedge. Um, <laughs> you really don't want to, you didn't want to play in the beginning. You didn't want to play in the sandbox in the beginning before the kid. And now that the kid is there, you really don't want to play. I mean, maybe you step up because of the kid, but you're not stepping up because you're supporting your partner. Well, a lot of times people I notice, especially today, especially with just the single parenthood is skyrocketed. A lot of people are having children for their own needs. And they don't understand their, all of their needs are put aside when that child comes. It's about the child's needs. And that, that yeah. comes before your needs, like, like all the things you were talking about, like the weekend parties, the, the vehicle you drive. You may even have to miss some of your, and it, I don't advise it, but you may even have to miss some of your own care to provide for their care. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, it can be difficult and it might pertain more to my personal situation. As, you know, I did it as a single parent for eight years. But their needs always come first. I mean, you do have to take care of yourself, granted. But a lot of people are doing it for a self-fulfillment issue when really you've got to look at everything around you. You've got to even look at society. I mean, because if we, if we start looking around us, everything around us outside of our home also affects our children, the, the education system and, and just the general demeanor in society today. It's a lot different than when I had my first child. And looking at it today, I would be a little bit nervous even having a child today. 
I know. I think I think a lot of people have a really hard time in stopping being selfish. Forget about the child or whatever. I mean, just just to take that on is a big challenge. So if the person's not willing to stop being selfish and to start thinking about another human being, meaning uh, your wife or girlfriend or, in this case, the kid, if you can't put somebody else ahead of what you really want to do or at least, you know, make a concerted effort to, like, meet the person halfway. Well, with a child, you can't meet them halfway. You just have to do what, what their need is. But with your partner, if you're not willing to do that give-and-take dance, it's not going to work. You know, you can't be selfish. You can't be partying or spending money, you know, on you know to no end. Um, you can't be doing a lot of things that would negatively impact your family. Well, I mean, I guess you can't, but then, you know, there's negative repercussions to all that. And, and definitely, and, and as a, when I had my children, uh, I started young in my early 20s, you know, 21. Um, yeah. There was no discussions of topics of um, how are we going to discipline a child, how are we going to raise the child, um, what religious beliefs do we want, um, is, is a parent going to stay home with the child, when does that other parent return to work? You know, all these things, we just, I just went and had the kid, and I, yeah. and I was totally unprepared, and these things caused a divorce. I mean, all these things added up and caused a divorce 16 years into the marriage, and all these things you got to discuss with the other person involved and say, you know, how are we going to do these things, or are you going to, you know, are you going to expect the other person to go back to work, or are they going to stay home with the child, and we both, I think, would agree it's best not to outsource the uh, like daycare or having someone else raise your child if you can help it, unless maybe you've worked out something with a family member close by. But also, you're going to take a hit on income when that per- if that person does end up staying home to that child is school age or older. Yeah, that that is is absolutely true. I wish we had a checklist to look at before we we uh, you know we're about to be a parent, right? I mean, unfortunately, there is no test that needs to happen. It's not like going to the Department of Motor Vehicles where where you have to take a physical test and a written test to make sure that you're a safe driver on the road. Unfortunately, there's no test to be a parent. There's not even a checklist. But the things that you've mentioned are so important and if you're really not on the same page with some of those things boy it's time to reevaluate the whole parenting thing altogether because how are you going to get on the same page like if she doesn't want to go back to work at all and meanwhile you now have the fancy house and the fancy car and you really can't afford it you know is she willing now to downgrade all that turn the house in, turn the car in, go live an hour outside of town because it's more affordable, you know, is your partner willing to downgrade severely in order to make this happen if the person's really not going to go to work? So, yeah, there there are big issues. People don't look at the issues. They certainly don't look at the consequences of those issues, and they oftentimes will just assume that the father is just going to financially take care of it all. And sometimes that happens, but sometimes you probably break the person's back in doing so. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the, just the failure to even discuss it causes, you know, just so many marriages and, um, to fall apart and things just, you know, homes end up getting broken over these issues that, when you're that young, you're really just not, like you said, the military taking people at such a young age because you're just not mentally prepared or mature enough to be able to handle and make these decisions. And it's a scary thing for me because my son graduated high school in, in 2013, and it is an amazing amount of how many of his classmates have already become parents. And most wow. of them are single parents. And, I mean, he's 23. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, that was a year, a year and a half. I was a year and a half younger than him when I had him. And I'm thinking, yeah. man, he's just a kid. He's not prepared 
for any of these decisions. And I, I'm like, well, I was even younger when he came. I'm like, oh, goodness, if I had just stopped and thought about it and said, well, wait a minute, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I really need to stop and think about. And it's getting scary that people just are not thinking about this ahead of time. Yeah, I think more than ever today we have to have these tough conversations. You know, back in our uh, Father's Day or Grandfather's Day, you know, it was just assumed that the mother would stay home and take care of the kids, at least until school age, at least until age five, which is when the kids need that parent the most. Um, and it was just assumed that the father would be working his, his head off, you know, to make ends meet. A lot of fathers back then, they worked two, two jobs, sometimes three jobs. And then the complaint from the kid was, I never saw my father because he was always working. So, you know, we've come a long way since then, but you can't assume that the other parent is is willing or even capable of taking on these strong, strong burdens that will, you know, break the person's back. It'll break the marriage's back for certain. And um, we can't not talk about it today. There's too many variables. There's too much conflict consequence and you know at the end of the day it negative it negatively impacts the child and it negatively impacts society because now we have a whole bunch of kids out there that don't have a solid home that don't have you know two parents in the home that don't have that learning base that was once there it's gone so the child is in no man's land too Absolutely, and I, I think, and I've I've heard some discussions about this from Dr. Peterson and and a couple other people that, you know, when when women hit the job market too, um, a lot of them, you know, they like no fault divorce came in, and a lot of people just, you know, they didn't want to be into marriage as much and family as much, and they wanted to be more in the working world. Well, when you doubled your, basically doubled your labor market. Uh, wages haven't kept up with inflation, so it's not like I can go to, let's say, the GM plant and get a lifetime job and get a, get a great mm-hmm. retirement package and, and make great money per hour and take care of it all on my own. It's just that wages just have not been able to keep up where the father could take care of all this, the mother could stay at home full time and, and do it, which... You know, I understand, you know, women want to have careers, too, and they should, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, this is this is kind of a double-edged sword where, you know, it has hurt us in the long run where wages haven't kept up because of the supply of labor has gone up. Mm-hmm. That's true. And let's talk about, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about biological clocks. And unfortunately, the two genders are on completely different time clocks. I would say for a woman, that biological clock ticks in at around age 28. So in today's world, especially since we've lowered the bar with regard to marriage and and, uh, dual parenting, um, you know, a lot of young women today are having kids out of wedlock. At 28, there's some kind of hormone dump that happens with the woman, and she wants to produce a, a child while she can. The more time goes by past the age of 28, you know, her probability of getting pregnant goes down and down. The eggs are less fertile, and she has less eggs with each passing month. So, you know, at age 35, for a woman, she has she is deemed at that point of being high risk, meaning that there's a possibility of uh, genetic disorders and also that it might not be a safe pregnancy either for herself or for the child. So that's her time clock. The guy's time clock doesn't even start until age 30 and his time clock starts because usually because of a financial one that it takes a guy at least that long before he feels solid with his job he feels solid with where he's going um, is he in a career that he likes and round about the age 35 for a guy he's pretty solid so after 35, he's pretty okay with having a kid. If he's going in that direction that he wants a kid, um, he 
you know, he is more solid with that decision. So if she starts, you know, her clock at 28 and, you know, saying this week in and week out every day, he's not there yet. He hasn't achieved that parental maturation process yet. He's still a good, you know, five to seven years off of her time clock. What do you have to say about stuff like that? What should a guy do in that position? Well, as far as men are, you know, they can wait till later in life to have children. Sure. And you you do see a lot of these relationships where it's the older man and the younger woman that have a child. And I yeah. think the advice I can say for the younger women, instead of all these right out of high school, out of wedlock births, is, you know, stop um, and think and try to vet and build better relationships with someone so that by the time you are approaching 26, 27, 28, you know that's the person you want to have a child with. Right. And, and instead of, you know, being intimate with someone you, you know, you've known for a short period of time, um, you have a child, you know the person, you know, this one of these biggest complaints I hear is like, well, you know, he's a deadbeat dad. Well, don't sleep with a deadbeat, you know? Yeah. You know, vet the people you're going to be intimate with. Um, you know, pursue marriage, you know, with someone and say, look, you know, you know, be upfront about your goals and your wants. And and I realize that there are men, just as well as women, either way, that one party or the other can do the other one dirty. But mm-hmm. try to start vetting people and and build in that relationship so that way by the time you are 26, 27, you have matured, uh, your body's basically in its prime, and you spent years with this person and you know their habits, you've already had these discussions. I mean, to me, that would be the best advice I could give to a young woman for a man it's you know when he, like you said when he's younger he can start building up his wealth and then as he gets older he can start pursuing uh, you know having children at that point absolutely and this the stat around this issue that I love to quote is you know we all know the stat about of marriages end in divorce. But here's the secret uh, key to that equation. If you wait two years to start having a family after marriage, guess what? The success rate jumps to 80%. So basically what's going to happen in those two years, it doesn't matter how many years you were dating before you got married, but from the marriage date, if you wait two years before starting to have a family, you've now had a had two solid years of getting to know this person, working through my, minor issues, medium issues, stronger issues, and maybe you've traveled a little bit, maybe you have date nights every now and again. So anyway, you have taken that time to establish the foundation with this person. So when doing so... That's why the numbers dramatically increase that your chance of success is going to just shoot through the roof and climb to 80%. So I would say that, you know, to any uh, young couple thinking about uh, getting married and or having kids, wait it out. <laughs> why not have the odds? You know, why not have the odds in your favor? Wait, wait out the two years. What's it going to cost you? You don't need to rush into any of this child rearing stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like you said, you're waiting time, you're putting in time, building a relationship, any issues that the two of you are going to have with each other, you'll be able to work them out. If if the relationship's going to be successful, and you know by the time you, you've had that child, you've pretty much covered as many different things, issues that could pop up in the future. Absolutely. All right, here's another trouble area. Another speed bump is... You know, the couple feels pressured by relatives, friends, and society in general. Have a kid. Have a kid. When are you having a kid? Don't you want a little, you know, Joe Jr. running around or what what have you? What should uh, these people, these young people say to these meddling friends and relatives? Uh, Just tell them, do you want to pay for it? 
<laughs> you want to help raise oh, yeah. the kid, <laughs> whether it's yeah. grandma or whatever. It's like, you know, they, they, they're pushing for you to have this child, but they don't want it. Usually they don't want any part of that equation. I mean, sure, it's nice to see, um, you know, little jo- Joe Jr. at the uh, Thanksgiving um, get together that's happening next month, but sure. you know if they're not taking on that responsibility, then you know what they have no business telling you any of this stuff. No, I think that's they want to see some of that. What comes around goes around. That they had to wake up with us when we were little, you know. Then they want yeah. to see us go through it. <laughs> so they're more yep, willing to I pay. Yeah, they're more willing to pay for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> start writing on it. Start writing the check, I guess. Yeah. All right. Here's another one that you might, you know, throw up the caution flag. How about if one of you is uber lazy? Joe, do you think you can be lazy and still raise a kid? Mm, I mean, it, you could. Well, I I doubt it because I mean I consider myself somewhat lazy as far as. I come home from work, and, I, you know, I don't do a whole lot, but I try to make sure we're maintaining the home. And But I feel like I'm busy anyway. But I think a lot of times, you know, to, to be a good parent, sometimes you just have to be there where you're listening to your child. When I, when I was uh, just raising my daughters by myself, one of the biggest things my, my younger daughter would do is she got off the bus, she got in the house, and she would call me and talk to me for a half hour, 45 minutes. So it didn't take a whole lot of effort, but you can't be completely lazy to where you're removed out of the parenting equation, basically, on your own will. I mean, that's what happened with my ex-wife. You know, she just completely checked out of the whole system, you know. She, she wanted the kids there for a financial source, but not any participation point. And you've got to be participating in their lives. Mm-hmm. I think so. How about the opposite of this equation? Do you think there are certain milestones that occur to let the person know that, okay, well, maybe you are mentally and emotionally and physically ready to have a kid in your life? Well, I mean, if you feel the other person has hit the milestone, I would say, you know, how much, you know, you got to still look at it. How many years have you put in? I mean, I still think that, you know, you still have to vet the person. You have to give them, I'd say, a, a minimum of two years of, of being in a relationship with that person to really know that for sure. I mean, you're not going to, even if somebody's super mature and they have a great job and you've known them six months and you say, well, I think you're mentally prepared or whatever, you know, I just, I don't think there's just enough time involved. I think you have to put the time in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's the most important element is to make sure you've you've got the right person in front of you to to have this child with. Absolutely. Absolutely. But do you think there are personal areas that you can look at? Like maybe you used to cringe around children and maybe you used to, you know, curse them under your breath at a restaurant or a movie theater or whatever and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're you're not that way anymore. Maybe something has inspired you, like I was saying, maybe your sister just had a kid or your coworker just had a kid or something happened to inspire you that, hey, well maybe I think I am ready to have a kid myself. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, as far as you're, like, accepting having it in your life and it just doesn't make you completely ill. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I've always, I have a lot of cousins and I've always been around young kids. So for me personally, it wasn't really anything that would have, you know, wasn't surprising to me when the kid got sick in the house or, you know, uh, yeah, sometimes it would gross me out. They would get sick in the bed, and I'm like, couldn't you make it to the bathroom at least? <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it's, they're definitely irritating, but um, maybe there are people that are repulsed by children. I don't know. I just never really had that issue. I've always been around uh, family members that were younger than me. Uh, my dad was the oldest of seven, seven siblings. So oh, wow. I had tons of cousins. <laughs> True. So, 
So. True. I, I get, I, and I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, your comfort zone as to whether you're comfortable around other children. If you've always grown up with other children, meaning siblings or cousins or next door neighbors or whatever, um, I think it just, you know, makes it a little bit easier. That transition is easier than if you're, if you're isolated or maybe you're 3,000 miles away from the rest of your family, you know, it's going to be harder on, the, on that type of person, the person who's, who's isolated. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's, if, you're, if it's something you're used to, something you've been around, and, you know, a lot of times brothers are babysitting sisters, and I babysat cousins, and I dealt a lot with that. And I've always been exposed to children that were younger than me when I was growing up. Yeah. So when you, after your divorce, when you sought out new relationships, was that ever a consideration that, yes, I would like to have more children or, or yes, I would like to have children with this person? Or, you know, did no. you just come to a really, you know, decision that I've had three, I'm done now and I'm pulling the plug? Uh, at the, when I had my third one, um, that was 2002, and then I, I had a vasectomy after that because uh, that one was with complications, and she was born, she actually wasn't breathing, and, mm-hmm. and it, it scared me, and there was a lot of complications and uh, a lot of struggle and a lot of health concerns, and I said, that's, that's three more than I can afford, so I don't need anymore. That's and true. I, I said, so... So, and then by the time I got divorced, I was 38, and I said, that's, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm you know, I, I started having kids when I was a kid, and I haven't had my opportunity yet to really enjoy some adult life myself. So I'm, my oldest, or my youngest is a junior now in high school. So I'm like, okay, hurry up, graduate high school. <laughs> I'm ready All for right. you. Yes. Thank, thank you, Joe, for joining us on our show today. If you happen to like our show, many ways you can uh, show your love. Listen, call, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, start with my Amazon link, download my app, and buy my book, Mastering Women, on Amazon. We'll catch you right here next week, each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you next time on the Men's Advocate Show. 